Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Well, this changes everything. We've all heard that overly dramatic kind of exaggeration a million times, but if anything lives up to the hype, uh, it's probably this pandemic. This pandemic has most certainly changed almost everything, at least in the world of the technology of business or the business of technology that we work in. And one of those things that's ever changing uh, based on the pandemic accelerating are the dynamics in that kind of business customer relationship and how that works and, and how we optimize for it. So welcome to the BizTech podcast. My name is Gary Bixler. I'm vice president of member communities at CompTIA and excited to be your host for this series where we bring you each week a new podcast hosted by one of our CompTIA member communities from around the world. If you're not already a member of one of those communities, we would love to have you join us. Uh, you can learn more about the communities and how to be a part of that at comptia.org. We'd also invite you to click subscribe on your podcast player to this podcast so that you're always notified when new content or new episodes uh, are available. So in a, a recent podcast just a few weeks ago that was hosted by Adam Prue, the leader of our emerging technology community, about the evolving power of artificial intelligence, AI, and chatbot-driven interactions, even in that podcast, even though it was a, a lot AI-focused, much of the discussion was around that interface point where you need to bring in a live human in order to ensure the desired ultimate customer experience, if you will. So today, we're going to focus on technology enhancements that can help that human element of the business customer engagement. And for that, I'd like to welcome back again, Adam Prue. What's up, Adam? Hey, Gary. Thanks for uh, having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, always excited to talk to you. And, and you know, usually at the beginning here, we'll chat a little bit about sports, but I got to be honest, uh, things are not going so well in my sports world at the moment. So <laughs> let's just say I'm not in the mood. Um, but uh, the weather is changing. So that's nice. I live in it Texas. Is. We're brutally hot in the summer and it's turning pleasantly cooler uh, where I am. So let's talk about that. You know, sure. As the weather you know, turns towards winter, I start dreaming of heading to the mountains and winter yeah. sports and, and skiing, you know, what, you're up there in the frozen north in Canada, what are you, <laughs> you know, hoping to be able to do once the snow starts to fly? Yeah, absolutely. So for the longest time, uh, I, I wasn't a winter kind of guy. But you know, a few years ago, instead of just dreading it thinking, you know, how am I going to just grin and bear it for the next few months? Maybe I should start getting more involved. So about it was a little late. I was about 30 years old when I was like, maybe I should start snowboarding. And um, so yeah, I've been doing that for seven years now. And uh, it's going pretty well. So when the winter does roll around, um, try to hit the mountains best I can. I don't know how this year's going to go. I mean, it's a it's a pretty individual sport, so I don't have to be around anyone to do this. Um, I, I think it's also well known on the podcast, and we've joked about it before. I'm not much of a hockey guy, so I don't I don't bust out the skates, and I'm not ready to, you know, slap around the puck on a pond or anything. But uh, yeah, I'll hit the mountains, do some snowboarding. Uh, you know, go from Good go from there. You. Yeah, you uh, you young whippersnappers and your snowboards. Our family are. <laughs> Are hardcore skiers, you know, as they say, if skiing was meant to be easy, they would have called it snowboarding. But, 
but good for you. And uh, I have seen some of the articles actually, you know, seriously about some of the resorts and how they're going to handle the pandemic. It looks like they're going to make you wear a mask, you know, in and around, you know, the, the public areas and, and even on the lifts, mm-hmm. uh, well, at least until you get on the lift. One of the, the sites that I saw said that they would not allow, they were only going to allow groups, you know, families or friends or people skiing together on a lift. So you won't be sharing a lift or a gondola with with other people, which will right. slow things down quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like once you're actually on the slopes and skiing, they're going to allow you to take the mask off. The good news is masks are a lot more tolerable in cold weather than they are in the hot weather. So Absolutely. And I was just about to say, too, I usually wear like a balaclava over my right. face anyways. And it's just, just the eyes that are – and you even have goggles on anyway. So my face is completely covered most of the yeah. time anyway. Yeah. So, All right. Very good. Well, I can't wait to get in the snow again and um, – you know, get to that little bit, bit of normalcy. But let's get yeah. to the uh, the podcast topic this week. This one's exciting because this one was originally scheduled to be one of our sessions at CCF, I believe. So we're excited to finally get to hear uh, from Tom. Give us your thoughts on this particular episode. Yeah, for sure. So this one was also a little unique in the sense of one, it was supposed to be, you know, air quotes, supposed to be a CCF episode. Um, uh, session, but uh, unique in the sense of uh, co-browsing and screen sharing. You know, I, I mean, obviously, it always plays a part. They have a very successful business model, but it. I, I thought it was very uh, interesting that you know now that pandemic's an actual thing, how important co-browsing and screen sharing has actually become. And you said earlier at the start of the podcast, having that human element come in and actually help folks and their customers walk through things that they need they need help with for example you know we'll hear about it in the podcast but they talk about you know banks and 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 looking at you know personal information that you don't want to share well you have someone on the other line look at your screen but you can block out anything you want that person you don't want that person to see and again instead of just here's some emails here's some instructions figure it out it's literally get someone on you share your screen, they walk you through the process. It's almost like having someone behind your shoulder walk, walk you through whatever you need to walk through. I thought, again, this co-browsing and the screen sharing, uh, awesome. Uh, it was unique. And, and again, to happen at a time where a pandemic's an actual thing now, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty pertinent, pretty, pretty, inform, um, pretty important information to share. Yeah, and definitely uh you know falls in that category of one of the things that is accelerating this digital transformation that we're seeing be accelerated right now so looking forward to the conversation why don't you go ahead and uh get tom in and get us started sounds good hello tom and welcome to the biz tech podcast as mentioned today tom and i will be chatting about co-browsing screen sharing We'll touch on the state of the industry and how it's been affected by the pandemic and how Glance Networks is innovating and helping their customers with their unique solutions. Welcome again, Tom. Appreciate having you here. Adam, thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So before we get into any of uh, everything we just mentioned, uh, Tom, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know, tell us about Glance, its solutions, and uh, the enterprises that the company serves. Sure. Uh, I've been with Glance for about seven years. We're an enterprise software company founded over a decade ago. We're focused in the visual engagement uh, scenario solution set for some of the world's largest brands. You know, we enable their staff, whether it could be a broker, an advisor, an agent, to really meet their clients within a digital app to see what they're looking at, to be able to see, show, and share anything instantly, to answer questions, present, deliver expert consultation, 
guide them to complete a transaction. Uh, for us, it's really about delivering a curated experience that integrates all the needed components into a single solution. That's amazing. And I mean, obviously very high level and we can, we'll dig down in a minute during, well, during this podcast, but um, what a unique solution. I don't think I've ever, I've ever heard that before from, you know, from other companies. So it seems, seems like a very, to your point, very unique solution. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the, I'll just mention, you know, some of our notable customers Please. may have seen an ad on TV for Intuit TurboTax or QuickBooks or Constant Contact where having having a, a, a solution where you can jump in, guide someone through a transaction, you recognize that so many things uh, are people are either doing for the first time, they don't do it with a high level of frequency, they're never an expert. And when you can bring in an expert to guide someone through that uh, scenario or that, uh, that journey to make sure, hey, did, did I do it right? Or let me guide you through some of the things to answer some critical questions. Right. It can really be a great way for a, a, a company to extend their brand uh, beyond just the product and service they're offering, but to really deliver expertise. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I would think, you know, how many times has someone jumped on a call or, you know, you get kind of talk through something. It's like, okay, cool. Great. Bye. And then just like, Oh wait, but I had questions or there's follow-up or I didn't really get it that first time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. 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 So, um, you know, so let's just jump right in here. So from your perspective, uh, and and I know, you know, the pandemic talk and everyone's like, oh my goodness, no more COVID. But I I am curious and I think it really applies to this. So, you know, from your perspective, how has the pandemic changed, you know, the the business customer dynamic? You know, how, how, how have customers adapted to the work from home and social distancing mandates that are out there? Um, you, you know what? Um, that dynamic is challenging um, because sure. it continues to morph. You know, uh, you think about what do customers want right now? Uh, that changed from back in February and March. How has the competitive landscape that uh, companies may be dealing with? Um, that's changing as well. How far out of alignment you know, is my business from these two different things? You know, the answers to these questions have morphed from just a little bit to like completely unrecognizable since the pandemic started. And, and guess what? Yeah, they're, they're still changing. There's still a massive amount of uncertainty in the market. Um, you know, what's clear to me is really the following, you know, enabling customers to make real human connections from within their app is really critical. Um, simple tasks are really no longer simple if you have to do many of them for the very first time. Sure. Uh, and I think, you know, something that uh, is, is really resonant to me uh, in my own life uh, and the people that I'm working with is you know, this pandemic emotions are running high and yeah. people need assurances that they're doing things the right way. Uh, did I get this right? You know, can I commit the, you know, click on the submit button and make sure that I'm actually getting what I want. Um, and you know, people need a virtual hug like, Hey, Adam, I've got this. Uh, <laughs> right. You know? um, yeah. And I think removing friction, you know, you take a look at what companies have been trying to do around removing friction. You, you probably have ordered food online for you know, delivery or, or takeout sure. uh, and pickup. And you realize that, you know, you start thinking about how removing friction becomes really critical to workflows, um, meeting your customers where they want, you know, in terms of things like payments, uh, in terms of where they want to be able to communicate you inside the application, really important pieces. Absolutely. And, and going back to that one point you made in terms of the virtual hug, which I would think, especially during this time, just to have that face-to-face interaction, again, not only just to 
ensure that, hey, I did this properly and I did it the first time. So again, it's not a repeat process. Um, but again, just having that interaction, how important that's become. Uh, you know, we, we've been hosting several events and, you know, we always have these optional sort of happy hours. And, and, and you know, I have a point to the story, but the, the folks that just stay on that are just like, I just want to talk. Like, I just want to be able to, you know, see that interaction, have that human connection again. It's, I would think during this time is very important. Absolutely. You know, when people are quarantining and suddenly realizing that that human element is one of the things that people miss the most. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you this. In your opinion, has the pandemic accelerated digital transformation? Ah, um, that, that's, it's, it's more of like, <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> how fast has it done yeah, right, it? Um, right. you know, it's, because to me, um, you know, we've seen stuff, uh, I think Accenture said that, you know, They've seen three years of innovation in the first three months. Of the in the pandemic. first three months, right. yes. <laughs> um, uh, I think what we've we've seen, uh, and we've kind of categorized this into sort of three buckets. Um, we've seen the initial, uh, how am I reacting and responding, you know, is kind of like the first phase. Um, and once you've gotten after that, and this is kind of the break the glass, fight, okay, so now under control, now, um, now it's really around enhancing and refining you know, your response and what you're doing. Um, and I think we're now in that phase of really reinventing and planning for the future uh, because uh, there are industries and you know, we're focused pretty intently in the financial services industry where digital transformation was something that was on the roadmap. They've been thinking about it for many years. And so for them to be able to accelerate uh, that, that process uh, when they've already had an idea of what they want to do and how they want to get there, um, a lot easier. Uh, when you start looking at other industries that um, have not been thinking about it, I think they're struggling more than, uh, than the rest uh, because suddenly they have to actually come up with how are we going to re uh, react and respond and what are we trying to refine and, and what is that uh, new normal that we're starting to create. So it's not as if they're not going to get there. Um, but there are certain industries like financial services that have already had plans in place that are easier to accelerate. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, and I love seeing, you know, you guys ahead of that curve where again, even with the, the, the visual and uh, visual engagements where it's, you know, I was thinking again, doing my research, I was like, wow, like, not that the pandemic's a good thing. I'm not saying that at all, but I was like, wow, they're, they're again, they're, they're so far ahead of that curve and just, I, like what a service to offer, you know, again, with that, with that human interaction, that visual engagement to be able to do that, walk your customers through, start to finish one way. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I yeah. love seeing that. So, uh, oh, sorry, go on. I, you know, I was, I was going to tell you that, you know, the thing about human beings, they take the path of least resistance. They're like, <laughs> they're like water. And so you realize that, you know, when you start marrying things together, technologies, and you start bringing the human element in, you realize you know, the human doesn't fit into every interaction by, by any stretch, but you, you also recognize that um, businesses, um, there's a face to every business and it's often a human being and people wanna do business with people they know, like, and trust. Uh, and when you're able to insert that human being in those areas where when you think about accelerating digital transformation and recognizing that part of the goal is to be able to weave that human being in, in the right moments, um, in the journey that allow you to suddenly take a look and say, hey, we only have one modality, you know, which is digital. We don't have the walk into the store. 
Um, that to me is where it becomes really important in that process of how do I accelerate, where do I accelerate, and yeah. what are the critical components that we want to you know, uh, really maintain and build out. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So, so, you know, we were touching a little bit on the, the, this visual uh, engagement. So, so does visual, visual engagement, if I could say it properly, right. serve top line business needs? You know, are, are there examples of how this technology helped enterprises enter new markets or, or even develop new products? Yeah. Uh, that, that to me is where, where it's at right now. You, you thought about a lot of the stuff that we've been doing um, as something that was a nice to have. And there were businesses that said, hey, you know what, we're going to um, really start to figure out how do we uh, build this into you know, what uh, defines us as a business. But for us, um, visual engagement is really serving that top line need because uh, when we take a look at some uh, customers of ours, like Intuit, TurboTax, or QuickBooks, you know, they started with us saying, hey, we want to be able to you know, deliver a good experience because people... You know, don't do their taxes often. They do them once a year. And guess what? The tax code constantly changes. So you're never an expert and you're always going, hey, uh, did I leave anything on the table? How do I process this piece? So they suddenly got into this realm of having customers go, gosh, you guys do such a great job. Um, I feel like I've got a tax angel on my shoulders. Could someone actually review my taxes for me? In fact, could someone do my taxes for me? And it was just over a year ago that they launched TurboTax Live. Uh, which was not just, hey, we're a software company delivering tax software or uh, an accounting platform uh, serving small businesses. We're suddenly now a set of experts that were now selling this service. Uh, and all of a sudden, they built a completely new business on top of, wow. hey, we're a software company. Now we're also in the delivering expertise business. And people go, well, why do I use TurboTax? Because they've got a great software platform and they've got the expertise to make me successful using it. Holy cow. Right. Um, and we're now talking with banks that are going, gosh, you know, it costs millions of dollars to build out a new branch, but all the branches are closed. If we could get digital right, could we expand into other regions uh, with a much different uh, and lower cost model? Could we introduce other products uh, and do it digitally uh, where suddenly we could actually sit there and go, gosh, you know what? Um, our plan, our roadmap to grow and to expand and maybe to introduce new products into the market is, is going to be completely different because if we can get digital right, if we can insert the human element into some of these digital transactions to be able to provide that consultation, to provide that expertise, to demystify fees, guide people through these complex workflows and journeys, gosh, you know what? we can actually really think about the pandemic, not just as something that's challenging all of us, but as an opportunity uh, to grow, to expand, to win market share. Abs wow, absolutely well said. And that's, that's where I was going with the last uh, set of questions, which is this is an opportunity, not again, not that the pandemic's a good thing, but you know, speaking of you know, innovation and new products and, and new applications, um, how, how does visual engagement solutions complement, say, chatbots or, you know, other AI capabilities? Because I'm sure there's an underlining, you know, AI aspect to all this. Sure. Um, you know, the, the thing that um, uh, I think chatbots and AI does um, a great job at is being able to really improve that uh, customer experience and journey. Uh, when you're just starting to do some research, when you're trying to find information, a chatbot can do a lot of that low-hanging fruit. 
Um, and it could be that you're just starting to do some uh, work where maybe I was going to go into a store and you're trying to find out, hey, what are their hours of operation? Because, you know, with this pandemic, they might only be open these hours. Or sure. is this uh, item in stock? Or does this work with this thing? And I think of where AI starts to come in when you think about knowledge base and information, where it could be a person looking for information. It could be someone in a business, an agent or a broker who's trying to make sure they provide the right information. So there's all kinds of, you know, the, the next steps or the right information that I'm trying to provide. But these are all things that can really front end that first part of a journey when you start to move through that journey and a customer says, Hey, I do want to apply for that loan. And now you start to introduce you know, a human element to this, where you could now have an advisor guide you through to make sure that you've completed the application. Um, so chatbots and AI can be a great front end where visual engagement suddenly becomes uh, the more impactful, you know, the more when you're trying to deliver a more emotionally resonant experience uh, and be that expert. That's where, where the two really come together very well. Absolutely. I love that. So, so the chatbots, you know, and, and the AI really act as almost like a, as a warm lead. So, you know, you know that someone's serious about filling out the application or I am going to, you know, provide, you know, I, I'm interested in the service. Again, is that where you guys now come in and say, okay, you know, Miles filled out XYZ, the guy's serious. Let's, let's actually have a chat now. Right. I mean, uh, let's, let's walk through just a, a quick scenario. You're at a bank or a, a, a mortgage broker and you're going to fill out, a, uh, you're interested in possibly getting a mortgage. And so you start to do some of the typical things. What's available? Um, right. Do I uh, pre-qualify? You know, what's a monthly estimation of my payment? So you're going through all these different tools where a chatbot could walk you through some of these things and AI could be doing some recommendation based on information that you've shared. And then you get presented with the, the apply button and you click the apply button. But if you're not converting any more applications, you're just driving more people to hit the apply button because now suddenly you're in a very technical and complex workflow. How often do you apply for a mortgage? Not that often. Right. And suddenly you're like, oh, I could actually introduce visual engagement where someone can demystify the fees, show you how to make sure you're uploading all the different documents and records and getting through those steps where what we're really focused on is actually the conversion. Can I get someone from right. the apply button to the actual submit and realize that, wow, um, all the digital tools can drive people to clicking on the apply button, but now the visual engagement with the human can actually drive them to clicking on the submit button and driving up the conversion rate. Absolutely. Guiding them to solutions and complete transactions. That, that's, that's phenomenal. That's right. Love that. So, so Glance has developed technology, which says, you know, works every time anywhere. <laughs> so what, so what is you, what is unique about uh, your technology and why is it important for businesses? Well, uh, the one thing that uh, we have always stood as, as a mantra um, is that uh, Technology needs to work every time because if it doesn't, uh, people see it as potentially not reliable. Sure. And the other part about works every time, everywhere, is expanding on the, the idea that um, we want everyone to have the same you know, experience, that uh, yeah. it is ubiquitous. And it's not as if we're developing technology that, hey, you know what, uh, Adam, it only works here. Or if you're on this browser or this right. machine, um, or on iOS versus Android, whatever it might be, but recognizing that what we want to be able to do is 
deliver that same experience uh, that was going to work every single time and deliver it wherever the customer is on any device. And those to me are things that not only give the customer you know, confidence in working with a business, because we also recognize that customers come in through many different channels. Businesses say, well, we've got a mobile app, we've got a website, um, we've got different ways to interact. It could be chat, it could be SMS, it could be a phone call, it could be email. And so there's all different ways that uh, customers are able to reach out and communicate with someone. And our whole view is, if you're able to develop and deliver a solution that works every time, that gives customers you know, that confidence in the business, but also thinking about from, from the business side, the people that have to interact with customers, when suddenly you realize that if you don't have to worry about technology, when you, if you don't have to worry about, oh, they're on this device, I've got to use this technology, uh, and realize that, guess what? We want to take the technology out of it. What we want to do is go, hey, Adam, gosh, I see you're online. Hey, why don't I guide you through that and yeah. jump right in to have that experience? That's, that's why it's so important. That's, that's phenomenal. And I mean, you know, just a silly example here, but you know, how many times have you checked something where it's like, Oh no, 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 sorry. You have to use Chrome for that or, or Firefox or something. You're like, what can I just right. open a browser? What like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. And, and, you know, and, and again, through the research, you know, glances API allows it to be fully woven into uh, you know, all existing systems and CRM. So it talks to, all sorts of uh, other software without, without, you know, without a, you know, hesitation. That's right. You know, the idea, the idea, and part of what, you know, when we think about, you know, looking at down the road, thinking about the future of how digital engagements and visual engagement really um, works beautifully is when it's woven into the application versus, you know, here we are, we're using a meeting tool to have this interaction but if you and I were communicating and I was the customer and you were someone from a business and I had to use all kinds of external tools versus going, hey, why aren't we using your tool? Why aren't we using the experience and meeting me inside the mobile app or the web experience? To me, those are uh, important aspects about how you're delivering the right experience, how you're reducing friction, how you're building your brand and expanding it to have these types of uh, interactions and experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And I would think too, that would also speak to different generations, you know, and, and not trying to pigeonhole anyone, but you know, the younger folks, the millennials, me, you know, uh, probably much more used to the app or, you know, again, using a phone digital device or a device, I should say, than you know, again, let's just say a uh, you know, classic laptop or using my desktop or something to have that flexibility, I would think would go a long way with your, with your customer base too. Again, you can kind of touch anyone at any point through any device. Right. Uh, and e- even though during this time, I think of my parents uh, and other people that uh, have had to go through what I call the forced familiarity. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all becoming really familiar with things we never used to do, especially sure. technology. Um, yeah, and yeah. so that, that's only helped, uh, I think, uh, our situation. And I think it's also helped a lot of businesses because now what they've done is they've actually found out that, wow, you know what? Some of these uh, interactions, some of this technology actually is delivering a better experience. And this is where we can apply it uh, to not just give the customer a better experience, but to help us differentiate against the competition uh, about how to create and expand our brand. And, and potentially back to uh, uh, an earlier part of the conversation, um, maybe even 
generate a new line of business, a new source of revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> so, so Glance works with many large financial institutions, you know, industries where security and compliance are paramount. And, and I'm sure you were expecting a cybersecurity question, but you know, uh, what protocols and processes does Glance employ to ensure its sessions meet the appropriate industry and regulatory mandates? Uh, basically, is it safe? Uh, what, what <laughs> I'd, yeah. Um, what I'd tell you is, you know, uh, at Glance, you know, privacy and security, uh, never been an afterthought you know they're deeply ingrained into who we are as a company what we build and how we build it you know we've architectured our solution and network to meet the strictest standards and it's backed up by us becoming iso 27001 and pci dss level one certified Um, we follow gdpr guidelines ccpa and we're ready for the the next you know piece um, of uh, of regulation that's going to come out, but it's it's that type of work that we've done, and we've also done things where um, all of our data is always uh, in motion. It's never at rest and recorded. Um, we have the ability oh. to do things like masking fields, so there could be an account number or a social security number or some piece of information um, that the customer uh, has been identified as we don't want to reveal this information, so we're able to hide this type of stuff and give the business the ability to identify, select, and mask uh, important sensitive information so that they can deliver a solution themselves that uh, really meets the regulatory you know, or, or security or privacy requirements that they, uh, that they run. Right. Okay. So, so it is sort of customizable. So again, if there was something on the screen right now that I was like, no, Tom, I don't want you to see that can be, like you said, that can be masked, but I can show you, you know, the left side of the screen, but I'm going to mask the right, for example. Correct. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, we, we kind of touched on this, but you know, let, let's deep dive, but you know, so how does Glance go to market? Does, does the company sell direct? Does it work with resellers and integrators? Is it a combination of the two? Uh, it's really a combination of the two. Um, we have uh, integrations into platforms like Salesforce or ServiceNow or Dynamics. Uh, we have an open set of APIs that can be plugged into you know, new systems, old systems. Uh, and we work with a number of different partners more on a, what I would call uh, a co-sell sort of joint marketing activity where we'll go after and sell a client together or we'll get brought in. Uh, because we complement a solution that they're trying to sell. Right. Um, so it's predominantly um, a combination of our own direct go-to-market as well as working with uh, other partners. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I mean, I, I feel like we've, we've been ripping through this conversation just, you know, a couple, <laughs> couple of questions ago. But, um, you know, what are some of the new innovations and in services Glance uh, has on the horizon? What's, what, what's yeah. coming down the pike? Uh, well, you know, I, I would tell you um, last fall, I would have had a slightly different list. Um, but what we now know, and, I, and here we are on video, um, video is and will continue to be pervasive uh, and multi-party. And, you know, we're working on ways for companies to really operationalize the deployment of video as part of a comprehensive visual engagement solution. And, you know, things like thinking about how to authenticate users. You know, is this Tom in the video or not? You know, being able to do things that are now kind of table stakes that we see with meeting tools around blurring backgrounds. And what if you're able to, 
you know, change the background uh, or center the person in the video, all really about delivering cool. a uniform brand experience. Uh, and then even going further about you know, doing uh, sentiment analysis and other things that you start to really think about from a, hey, you know what, we're not going back into one building anymore. We're gonna have a remote workforce that's gonna be uh, in this call center. Uh, so it's gonna be a remote call center that suddenly we're going, hey, how are people doing? Uh, what is the work that they're doing? Are they delivering good uh, experiences? Uh, so things like that, that suddenly become really important. Um, and I also just going back to, you know, one of the mantras that we have is that um, experiences will be seamless, you know, that clients are going away. And the other part that we know in these complex workflows is that there's going to be the webification of so many different things that will give access or will integrate different doc types. So uh, you could be in a mortgage flow and using other underlying partners um, that are managing documents that could be doing e-signatures and realizing those are all parts of, of what we see as, you know, what's happening on the future, what's on our, you know, near horizon is to be able to integrate some of these things. So thinking about video, as I mentioned, yep. thinking about, you know, the seamlessness of some of these experiences to bring all these things together. And then also just recognizing the and being able to view and work through those complex workflows uh, to integrate different doc types is an important aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tom, I, I hate to say this, I lost you at the last part. It was, it was just that final thought. Could you, could you repeat for the listeners? I, I hope we can edit that part out though. Yeah, so uh, just recapping this is, uh, is that you know, video will continue to be pervasive uh, and we're yes. working on ways to really help companies operationalize it to be successful uh, especially in a remote with a remote workforce, um, that experiences um, are going going to be seamless, which means that it's going to be all done in the web. There's not going to be a client that's going to be required, and then it's the webification of a lot of complex workflows. So being able to use visual engagement to navigate through complex workflows that could have other underlying technology uh, or applications that are going to be part of that workflow being able to expand across different uh, types of technologies and companies inside of a workflow, like a mortgage that could be document management, e-signature are good examples. Right. Perfect. No, I, I appreciate that, sir. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I hate, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but we are at the bottom of the hour and, sure. you know, just any, any final thoughts, uh, you know, anything you'd like to share? It doesn't even have to be about this, just, you know, but for our listeners, any final thoughts, things you'd like them to know about Glance? Yeah. Uh, just that, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm a big believer in um, is uh, the power of uh, the human being uh, to be uh, helpful, to be empathetic, uh, to recognize that, uh, in the end, when things don't work, a lot of times people will pick up the phone to be like, I just need to talk to somebody. Um, people are stressed yeah. out, uh, yeah. especially with this level of uncertainty. And to really think about um, how customers are interacting with you is to me a really important piece. And I go back to the, some of the earlier pieces around you know, thinking about how do you strip out um, you know, effort? Uh, and to me, when you think about lifetime value of a customer um, when you can make things simple. We've seen this with you know, companies like Amazon with one click. Uh, when you're able to strip out effort and reduce effort, um, 
it suddenly extends the lifetime value of a customer. When you're able to put the face of the company uh, in the most important sections uh, of a journey, to be able to be that human face, to provide expertise on demand, um, I think it's a really important consideration during this time of a pandemic. And I think we're gonna see companies who get digital right um, flourish. And those that don't uh, will continue to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, phenomenal final thoughts. Um, Tom, I honestly, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat this afternoon. This is this has been great. It's been total pleasure. Yeah, Adam, really appreciate the time. Hey, no, you're very welcome. Um, you know, if uh, hopefully we can see you again soon. Um, you know, we do always have upcoming events. So, hey, if, if you're in, hey, we'd love, we'd love to have yeah, you back. I'd, I'd love to participate. That's phenomenal. I honestly, Tom, I appreciate it. Thank you again. And I wish you and Glance Networks all the success Great. in the world. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.